Chapter 2 Becky drove a powder blue Chrysler LeBaron with red detailing trim, gold hubcaps, and tinted windows. She'd had the car since she was 16. The car's name was the Fart Knocker because the engine knocked loudly and the interior smelled like farts. Her best friend, Mike, had given the car this name the first time she'd given him a ride. Mike was still in high school. He was a lot younger than Becky, but they'd bonded quickly in a short time, like family or one of those unbelievable children's stories about forest animals on an adventure. Mike was likely to drop out before being forced to graduate. He still lived with his parents on a dead-end road lined with wheelless, hoodless cars propped up on cinder blocks like set-aside sculptures. Becky always picked Mike up for work because no one in his family owned a car that ran. She was sitting in the tree-shadowed sunlight with her window rolled down and her arm hanging out it, whipping and gliding her hand through the breeze. She sang along to the radio as it played a Stevie Nicks song. She only remembered the words to the chorus, replacing the verses with her own inaudible humming noises. She had a big pair of sunglasses on. They were caked in dust, and her other hand pulled at her wet hair, trying to untangle it. She'd sprayed the interior of the car with an aerosol can of orange fragrance several times already, like she did every day. But just like every other day, the citrus fumes only lingered and fell giving way to the damp, sweaty-ass odor the car had originally come with. She took a sip from the can of beer in her lap and looked at Mike's house, wondering what the fuck was taking him so long. She turned down the stereo and honked her horn. Several dogs in the neighborhood started barking from different areas. This was the shittiest part of Clive, populated mostly by dogs. Mike kicked open his front screen door, carrying his jacket, his apron, and a carton of cigarettes, all in a wadded bundle in his arms. He was a tall, thin kid, much too tall for his age, but he still had the face of a little boy and the haircut of one as well. He was blonde, dirty blonde, with filth. His head was buzzed and spotted with nicks from a dull set of clippers. He had a scar on his upper lip from where a dog had bitten him when he was a baby. He was as bony as a skeleton and as tan as an expensive shoe. But despite this rough exterior, Mike wore a perpetual smile like a celebrity in front of a camera, never letting his frustrations get the best of his face. A menthol cigarette dangled unlit from his mouth. It bounced as he walked down the steps of his front porch, hoisting his load up over his shoulder. He waved to Becky and pointed into his yard, where an ugly dog circled an overturned toy car. I gotta put Fucker inside, Mike shouted. The dog's actual name was Fucker. Mike had named it this. His family's other dogs had similar names, such as Moron and Stupid. He even had a cat named Dumbass. Mike tossed his things into the grass and chased the dog around for some time before tackling it and carrying it back into the house like an armload of firewood. Then he slammed the door behind him and picked up his things and quickly ran to Becky's car and climbed inside. Sorry, he said. I had to wait in line for the bathroom this morning. It sucked. Me too, Becky said, pulling out onto the street. They rode together in silence for a couple of blocks 
Mike's short hair was wet, too, like he'd also just jumped straight from the shower to the front door without toweling himself off. That's right, Mike commented, lighting his cigarette and blowing a cloud out the crack in his window. You got a new roommate. How's that shit going? It's fine, Becky said, wiping dust off her glasses and adjusting them on her face. It turned out to be a lot more than I bargained for. What were you bargaining for, Mike asked. I don't know, man. I guess I just figured it'd be some stupid college girl. But she brought a whole forest with her, and a cat, and a husband. A husband, Mike asked? Well, a fiancé. Mike noticed the way she kind of grumbled the word angrily. What's wrong, he asked. What do you mean? I can tell when you're upset. What is it? Is it the cat? Well, I do hate the cat, but no, it's not the cat. It's the dude, isn't it, Mike said. Becky grabbed the cigarette out of his mouth and stole a drag and handed it back to him. She'd been trying to quit smoking for months, but this was as far as she'd made it. This was why Mike had started purchasing cartons. Yeah, kind of, she said, blowing out a stream of smoke. I don't know what the fuck to do. What is it? Mike was a great listener. He also loved Becky much more than a friend, which made her very easy to listen to. So this tiny Mexican ballerina moves in, Becky says. And I'm thinking, okay, at least she won't drink all my beer. Because she's like, into God or some shit. And when we first talked, she seemed kind of okay and kind of quiet. But then she brought in all these plants and this huge picture of Jesus. Dead or alive, Mike asked. Dead, she said. Totally dead and covered in blood. That sucks. My grandma has one of those paintings. It's scary as fuck. Totally, I know. Anyway, Mike said, what about this dude? Yeah, so there's a dude that comes in with her the first day. Some rando dude that won't even really introduce himself. But he's like, super hot. Mike winced discreetly. He was always a little jealous of the guys Becky talked about. So like, Becky continued, gesturing with her hands off the wheel. So I'm all like, hey dude, what's up? And this dude just like grunts and then opens my fridge and eats a whole loaf of bread in two bites. So you think he's good looking, Mike asked, staring out his window. I don't know, yeah? Well, what does he look like? Becky thought a minute with her finger on her chin. He looks kind of like the bad guy from Aladdin, but, uh, buffer. Weird, Mike sighed, looking away. Mike didn't seem interested in continuing the topic. He clenched his eyes shut tiredly and yawned, pulling on his jacket and sitting back restlessly. How about you, dude? Becky asked. How were your days off? Pretty boring, Mike replied. They rode in silence another few blocks. It was a really bright day. Both of them squinted uncomfortably, fidgeting in their seats from the heat and smell. We got a new kid training today, Mike said, changing the subject. Some kid from the store over in Altoona. I guess he has his own car and shit and got transferred over here for the summer. Do you want to train him? No, Becky grunted. Becky had taken her promotion as an opportunity to do as little work as possible. She'd been working at the same pizza hut for nearly a decade. She no longer strived for purpose at her job. She only did it for rent and beer and because Mike still worked there. 
Well, I don't want to do it either, Mike said. Well, I'm the manager, Becky said in a mocking tone. And you're the assistant manager. So you still gotta do what I say. And I say you should train him while I make sure the Coronas are cold enough to sell. She reached over the seat and tickled him on the chest and jerked the wheel back and forth. Mike flinched and grabbed her hand, squeezing it tenderly and feeling the soft tips of her fingers. He looked at their two hands intertwined and then caught his own hollow reflection in her black nail polish and let go. He shifted in his seat and looked back out the window. They pulled into the empty gravel lot of the Pizza Hut and climbed out of the car and walked through the front door. Mike headed for the bathroom. Becky took off her sunglasses and lazily made her way through the kitchen to her desk in the back corner. She pulled a magazine out of a drawer along with a bottle opener and walked over to the door of the walk-in cooler and stepped inside. She cracked open a bottle of Corona and took a drink, letting the soft, cool air chill her skin and freeze her wet hair. She stood there a moment too long until it almost hurt, and then ran out and sat down at her desk. Apparently, she and Mike were early, because no one else had shown up to work. She thought about who she'd scheduled for the opening shift, but couldn't remember. She tried to think about who she had scheduled for the evening shift, and drew a blank as well. She thought about what day it was, and then realized that she had forgotten to write the schedule for this week. The days had just slipped by, and now she had shown up an hour and a half late to an unstaffed building. She thought about why the front door had been open, and then suddenly remembered how she'd forgotten to lock it while closing up the night before. She took a drink as blurry flashes of the bar across the highway came back to her. She'd gone there again after work, and she'd woken up this morning with pissed jeans and a bag of chips in her face. Now she sat at her desk, reliving the things that had carried her to that point. She'd made out with her ex, Derek, again. And she'd made out with her other ex, Chris, again, too. She hoped she hadn't slept with either of them, but all she could remember were their hands and breath and the taste of smoke and pizza. She slid the bottle of beer out from in front of her and laid her head on her desk, clutching her stomach. A vision of a road floated before her eyes. She'd driven drunk again, too. She watched headlight beams drift back and forth across the dotted yellow line of an empty highway. She watched as her right hand fed herself several gas station hot dogs, while her left loosely rested on the steering wheel. She saw her apartment building, standing in the distance, like it were dropped all alone on the barren moon. Then, like some sad out-of-body experience, she saw the carpeted hallway staircase outside her apartment door. She saw herself lying on these steps, drunkenly clawing up them, one knee at a time, with her eyes closed as a stain darkened her crutch. Becky got up from her desk and carried the corona over to the dish sink and almost dumped it out, but stopped short and clutched the bottle to her chest. She leaned there, pinching the bridge of her nose and sniffling. Then she heard the toilet flush, and quickly went back to her desk, reopening her magazine.